This is Manifest Mindset, where we delve into our true passions, inspire the best out of ourselves, and live our life with true intention every single day. All right, welcome back uh, to another episode, and Happy New Year. Happy uh, New Year, Bob Chang. Yep, Happy New Year, Nick. It's it's a brand new year, 2020, a brand new decade as well. Um, How was your year, Nick? Dude, it's been so long. I haven't talked to you all year. This is crazy. Um, New Year's was good, man. We actually uh, started out New Year's the day of New Year's Eve uh, on the road traveling. So I'm currently out on my way to California. Um, And good news for you, I have another 550 miles on this road I'm on. So we're going to have a long podcast today. (laughs) Weren't you in Nevada, like the Nevada area? So I, yeah, so I was out in Arizona for a bit um, with my family. We went out there for a vacation that we ended up just flying there, flying back. And so on New Year's Eve, I drove from New York to Indianapolis. Uh, the day after that was Indianapolis to Oklahoma City to see a bunch of friends. That was an awesome time there. And anyways, I just left New Mexico this morning and heading out to California. Wow, 500 miles. That's How long is the ride? Uh, so today's uh, about 12 hours or so. So we're gonna we got a long one going ahead. All right. Well, well, good luck. I mean, that's that's a long way to go. Um, so when are you starting the? When's the first day? Oh, first day of work. Yeah, for for the yeah for work. Yep. That's not until early February. So I got some time. They want me there a little bit ahead of time because they're a big medical corporation, so they have all their medical onboarding and everything. Anyways, Bob. Enough about me. How was your New Year's? Um, no, I mean, that, that's super exciting. My New Year's was, it was okay. My my shower actually broke um, on New Year's. So oh, no. I had to, so it pretty much flooded the entire basement um, after I took one shower. So, <laughs> now you know I use a lot of water, but um, but basically I had to remove the entire shower and, and put in a new one. So it's, it's just going to be another few days without showering, but it's all right. I, I think I'll survive. Um, I'll probably I'll probably just just uh, go to the gym and then shower or something like that. There you go. Good plan. But yeah, so, so what I wanted to talk about uh, today, um, more so since it's like the New Year's, I wanted to talk about New Year's resolutions. If you have any this this concept of New Year's resolutions, um, you want to you want to start it off? I'm I'm just bringing this this topic to the table. Yeah. You're hearing it for the first time. So first have time. at it, Nick. Got reaction. I love it, Bob. Um, I'm going to go on a rant for a little bit because, you know, it's Nick Davis. Nick Davis likes to go on rants. Um, I'm very particular with my words, Bob, and I try and be particular about my words because that's what we have all our meaning to attribute to. And, you know, there are a lot of things that we can communicate without language, but we really have to mean what we say. And to truly say to make a resolution is a very bold proclamation. Okay. You know, I think that, I think a lot more people make – uh, they continue the Christmas holiday. They make New Year's wish lists. They make, you know, it's kind of, it would be nice if I got this. It would be good if I did this, whatever. But they're not emotionally invested. To wow. have a resolution is to truly, truly resolve. And resolve implies grit. And resolve implies that there will be barriers and obstacles in the way. Now, honestly, you don't care about the brick. I mean, I'm, I'm driving through New Mexico right now, and on either side of the highway are these beautiful kind of 20-feet walls of, natural stone, if you saw that as an obstacle and you truly had resolution, you would blast through those. You would be like, oh, that's the wall. That looks tough. Uh, let, me, let me keep going a different direction. 
So I, that's kind of a point I want to get across. And to answer your question, yes, I do have a resolution. Um, mine might be a little bit less detailed than some other people's. Um, but for me, it's about, as I reflect on the year 2019, I started out the year in January last year going out to California, going out for my clinical. Now I'm ending the year and beginning this new decade going back out to California again for my residency. And so for me, it's about getting absolutely everything out of this opportunity, everything out of this residency that I excuse me, that I possibly can. And that might be hard to be measurable, but I do have that resolution to give this my all and get everything I can out of it. Okay. I really like the, the word you said, the New Year's wish list. I don't know if you just made that up or like you heard it from somewhere else, but um, so I, I've, I've heard I've heard the concept from somewhere else, but uh, I'm not gonna pretend like I coined the term. But yeah, that kind of did come off the fly. Yeah, no, but but I I really I really resonate with that because there's like the stereotype, obviously, of people make New Year's resolutions that it's the week after and nobody does whatever they want to do for their New Year's resolution, um, and. You're right. It, it does sound more like a wish list for, for most majority of people. And obviously, and again, I'm just putting people in a bubble of, of New Year's resolutions. Now, I'm sure there, there are people that do go and set resolutions and then 100% um, strive to get them done. Um, Absolutely. You're, you're right. New Year's wish list. Wow. That's, that's a, that's, I like that. that. That's a good term. Um, so Bob, uh, going, back, going back to you personally, where, where do you stand on this? What's your view of the resolution of a wish list, and uh, what are you trying to go after in this new year? Um, so I don't want to like go on a soapbox or or sound any pre or sound preachy, um, but New Year's resolutions. To be honest, it, it just feels like another Wednesday or, or Thursday. Um, Hell yeah! It doesn't really like resonate that it's something new or, or something or something different. Um, it's just another day where you're, you're just continuing, continuing to grind or continuing whatever you're doing. Um, so th- there was, I saw this, this post on Instagram and, and it was like, why, why set New Year's resolutions on January 1st? Why not start December 29th, right? Why not set your, your goals and start then? Um, and personally, I, I generally feel like I resonate with that more of just, having your goals set, rechecking every few months or every few weeks, um, and then seeing how how you're going along with those goals. Um, I mean, obviously, of course, with a new year, it's, it's a fresh start. But if you think about it, who made – who, like, actually made it a fresh start? You know what I mean? Like, like dates are um, – they were made up by, by us, by people, right? It's not actually, like – the start of something new. It's just another day. Bob Chang, you got me smiling over here because I completely agree with you. I mean, I do think there's some validity and, you know, there's this external thing about a new start that people can be supportive with that. So, yeah, if you want to jump on board and you need some external stimulus, hell, I'm all for the placebo effect of the New Year's. That's great stuff. But I completely agree with you. And so, yeah, January 1st might be a great day for this. What's your other excuse for the other 364 days of the year? So, dude, I love it, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I can talk about um, the, the goals that I set like a few months ago for the coming year. Uh, I can talk yeah, about let's, that. 
So those are those are considered, I guess, New Year's resolutions too, because um, they're the plan for the for the entire year. Um, and and I, I think I've already talked about it on on the podcast. Pretty much um, taking my boards, so getting my license early, um, getting into a residency, so like an off-site residency, starting a clinic, and then working part time at another clinic um, in the city or somewhere in New York City, and having my business plan all set out and written out so when i do launch it um everything there's a plan yeah, so Bob, you're, saying, you're saying great things but i'm going to call you out a little bit okay are you going to yeah. do all those things in this next year yes yes so you're going to you're going to open your own clinic you're going to do a residency program yes and the same damn good all right well i uh i'm rooting yes. for you i'm okay. proud of you I want it, I, I'm very, very curious how this ends up for you. Yes, I thought about this, and I talked to a few people about this, but but let, I, I will, I'll explain it to you, and then I'll, I'd love to hear your thoughts as well next. Um, so basically, there are many different residencies, as you know, since, since you're going to one. Um, yep. there, are, there are off camp, they're all off-site residencies, and there are part-time residencies. So what I'm thinking is doing a part-time off-site residency. Um, and, and Bob, just just to clarify, I think I know the answer for myself. So, what residency do you want to do for physical therapy? Is it more orthopedic, more neuro, more sport, more pediatric? So, so the one that I found that really I think fits with what I want to do, like like scheduling wise, and also like what I enjoy doing, is is a is a McKenzie residency. Um, yep. They have so pretty much they require that you work 20 hours at a at a clinic with. Um, with an OCS, so basically a certified board orthopedic specialist, and yep. and then 20 hours. That's pretty much all you need to work. And then you have like your online work, and you have a weekly call and stuff like that. Um, so 20 hours. I'm gonna work around 20 and 25 hours at a clinic with an OCS person. That's like a part-time job. And then the other 40 hours, I'm gonna be working working at my mom's clinic and, and trying to just set up insurance, trying to build up that um, clientele um, as like a side hustle, but actually like my main hustle. So that's the plan um, for this year. So it's, it's a busy year. And I've been, I, I've been known to, to overshoot by a lot, but it's better than, it's better than, it's better to shoot for the moon and land somewhere near the moon than not shooting for the moon at all. <laughs> So um, that's where I'm at right now. Uh, if I like think reality-wise, it'll probably take two years, but two or three years to actually get to where I want to go by the end of the year. Um, but I know, like, even initially, like, just starting it, everything will, will start this year um, by the end of the year, by December, or by, yeah, by January. So it's going to be a busy year, but I think I have the resources to do what I want right now for this year. I love but, it. So, Bob, but, you, you, you're envisioning for your own clinic that you're going to start seeing physical therapy patients um, within your mom's clinic as well. Yes. So, That's so, fantastic. So, so starting the clinic, I mean, obviously it's hard, but um, financially, like, there's already a, a building there with clientele there, so I could just insert myself. So, so it's not, it's not like I'm building things from scratch. Um, which, which is 
gonna which is a lot more difficult than just me inserting myself in there. Um, just just want to put that out as like a, a preface. Um, but but I love to hear your thoughts. Obviously, it's gonna be a lot of work. Um, obviously, it's gonna be hard. Obviously, it's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of mental struggles. Um, but yeah, go, go at it next. Bob, you sound motivated. You sound focused, and that's the number one thing that I love in this. I mean, you're you're laying out your mission. You're I mean, I might have said shoot for the stars and hit the moon, but, uh, you know, shoot for the moon and hit some asteroid or whatever, dude. Um, but <laughs> I'm uh, I'm excited for you. I think it's a great mission to go on. Um, I'm curious to get – well, I'm going to say one thing first that's more logistic-wise. Matt, this is not me saying you can't do it, but it's me saying that there might be additional hurdles to confront with a good strategy. Yep. And that in New York, in New York State, current, the way the current legal laws work, for direct access, direct access only applies after you've been a licensed PT for three years. Yes. Thank so you. as long as long as you've got physician sources and everything, you're good to go, my friend, for sure. Um, the other thing, and that, that's just kind of a side point. I'm curious for you, Bob Chang, what's your motivation? Why do you want to do a residency and specifically for the McKenzie Institute? I get the feasibility. I totally get that. It makes a lot of sense. And I think that and the Kenzie method can fit well with your mentality. But I want to hear from you. What are your goals for your residency program? Okay. Well, thanks for, for bringing up that, that three years law thing. Um, I found out about that like two years ago or a year and a half ago. And it kind of like just that, that hurdle kind of like set me astray. I was like, can I still do this even if it was this three-year thing? Um, can I go full-time? And then I, I realized going part-time, having a source of income, um, and then slowly building up referrals from physicians uh, can still work. So it, it made me like really focused on how I can jump over this hurdle, um, both financially and yeah, financially wise. Um, Absolutely. But going, going back to your your second question of of the the residency, so I, I took a Part A class, basically one of the classes that they have for um, McKenzie in general, and what they what they had or what their premise is is basically um, rapid change in in a way for patients to independently manage symptoms um, through rapid change. There we go. That's that wasn't a, a proper sentence, but basically, <laughs> basically, patients can independently manage their symptoms rapidly. So, uh, what I experienced, especially this last week, uh, I've been at the clinic right now. I've been been managing. Uh, or taking being the front desk staff, managing the the acupuncturist and and the people there, um, doing the billing, scheduling people, um, doing like a lot of admin work. And what I realized is having the skill to make people better um, is, is valuable. Like obviously, right? Like if you get somebody better, more they'll bring more people in, and they'll be happy. Absolutely. So so basically. Um, Every Thursday, there comes an entire group of – it's an entire group of people. So um, it's like five or six people that all come in every Thursday because they love this acupuncturist that's there. And they just bring their entire family. They, the the brother feels good, and he tells his other brother, and his other brother tells his dad. His dad tells his wife. And then it just goes, and there's this long chain, and then they just keep coming because they feel validated by the acupuncturist. And 
it's interesting to see how one person uh, just by caring it and being good at, at a skill can attract people to come back over and over and over again. And I feel like with my, I guess, limited experience in PT right now, um, just, just getting something that can provide that rapid relief and, and actually provide that quality of care can actually increase patients to come into the clinic more. Does that make sense? Absolutely, Bob. So that's, that's where my mindset is right now. Um, but more so, one thing, um, so I, I took the Part A course, so the, so the first course of the McKenzie course, and one thing the instructor said that I really resonated with, um, and this may sound like I'm putting down, like, PT in general, um, but, he, but he said that, uh, like, once I took the extremity course, which is basically another course from the McKenzie Institute, whatever, he was like, it made, it made me have fun. It made me have enjoyment again with treating like tendonitis or like extremity people. Um, and I thought that was, that was really cool. It's just in general, because sometimes I feel like as a physical therapist, um, how do you know if it's, you that's doing if it's you in general you and the the patient that's that's working together to to get them better or if it's just mother nature or time right and and i feel like with like like how many press ups or, or whatever things mckenzie does um or, or even manipulation um those rapidly help the patient get better um and and you can actually see a change does that make sense Absolutely. So that that's my perspective. Um, I love to hear your thoughts on all of this. I've been talking for a few minutes, so. Um, yeah, no, Bob. I I love your thought process. I like the goals that you have with it in terms of you want to develop yourself as a as a clinician with a robust set of tools in your toolbox, somebody that kind of knows the trade well. Um, and I think that again, the McKenzie method is one very good method out of many. That is a great way of doing that, and like you said, to create the quick changes that are significant for the patient. You know, sometimes our goal as physical therapists is, well, this isn't really true, but the quotation of it brings significance to us about we need to be better than time. We need to be better than just the natural history. Well, in reality, what we're doing is we need to manipulate, or maybe actually manipulate, maybe not actually manipulate, but manipulate the environment so that people can have the best environment around them internally and externally to augment the healing process. Because in reality, there are no fast healers. There are slow healers, and then there are people who heal at the normal pace. And our body has an incredible, incredible mechanism for healing. But oftentimes we get in our own way, and so that's where we come in as physical therapists to truly help that process. And sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes there are things we do that, wow, they have absolute instant relief. And that feels great. And, you know, it feels great to be able to give that gift to somebody and to be able to have the ability for us to do that ourselves. So I completely respect and agree with that, Bob. Um, personally, for myself and my values, what I'm going after is I would strongly hesitate from doing a residency that's a distance learning, that's a, um, that's either, we call them like either in-house or out-of-house residencies where the residencies are not always, you're not in them all the time, you don't have access to the mentor all the time. Um, that's something I would hesitate with because of just the learning curve and just how much, like, again, 
at the end of the residency program, Bob, you're going to grow a ton. But the question is, how much are you going to grow? Is it going to be one ton or 12 tons? Um, and so I don't want to put any kind of limiting belief in your mind, but I know for myself that I would hesitate with that approach. But in combination with, like you said, the side hustle that you eventually want to build up into a full-time practice, I like that a lot. Um, I have a good buddy of mine. He's three He's three years my senior, and um, he was through the college PT program. I knew him well when I was a freshman. He was a senior and continued through. He went to physical therapy with a plan of taking over a certain business in the future about another PT he had worked with, and he's doing that. He uh, went through an orthopedic residency program, and for him, the benefit for him about going through the program was so that he had to think less about patient care. That he could develop the skills, reasoning process, and everything so that the actual clinical care part took less of his time thought process, and so he could focus much more so on the administrative and running a clinic and that kind of thing. Um, so I think that there are different reasons for everybody and why we go after this, but overall, Bob, I really like the thought process. Yeah, th- thanks for, for sharing other alternatives. Um, I, I, I thought about that. I thought about this actually a lot, and I actually talked to a few people about this. Um, but I, I feel like, based on my, I guess, values as of now, which is more so like family and things like that, um, I think this road that I set has been the best route that I could possibly choose from, um, personally for me. Um, and but that, Bob, having having that confidence is huge, and. If you truly believe that, then I buy it 100% for you because I remember kind of back probably three years ago now, I was having conversations with people who had been through residencies before, other high-level training and stuff, and kind of my, in my mind, I had already made in my mind that I wanted to do an orthopedic residency, and kind of in my mind, the question I was asking them is, you know, how do you choose the best residency, what residency should we choose kind of thing, and what are we looking for, and, you know, they were just excited that I was on the path to to choose a residency. Um, and in their mind, you know, they thought the conversation was more of should I or shouldn't I. I already know I should, and ultimately, it was up to myself to, you know, ask and find out more information, but really make a decision for myself about what my values were and where I wanted to go and where I wanted to grow with it. And so I think you're doing the same thing. Yeah, I, um, there was a, like, a intro to physical therapy class. Um, I think I took it, like, freshman year of of college in general. And I, I mean, I didn't know what physical therapy was, but, but this guy, his name was like Carl. You know, oh you yeah. Know my boy. Hell yeah. Carl, Carl Bergman. Great dude. Yeah, Carl Bergman. He, he was the professor. He was teaching uh, intro to PT and he was talking, I, I don't know why, but he, he just, he was teaching to a class of freshmen and he talked about like the residency for like 20 minutes. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know physical therapist could do residency. And then he said one thing that I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to do that. He was like, you're going to get um, five years of experience in just that one. And I was like, oh, that saves so much time, um, so much effort. <laughs> and I was like, yep, I'm definitely going to do a residency for sure. Freshman year, like I knew after after uh, good old Carl <laughs> said that. And then I talked to Winslow about that. He said the same thing. I don't know if that's just like a motto that all of the, the staff at Cayuga or Ithaca say, uh, but but it, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I think that's a model that uh, everybody there says, and that you know a lot of people kind of throughout um, the residency world say to advertise and coin it. Um, 
in in some ways it's true. In some ways it's a lot of focus and tension, and it's it's five years of experience that you might otherwise just have by yourself or with some casual mentors here or there. But when you really focus down, when you pursue that, and when you learn everything you can, um, yeah, it is. But ultimately, the only thing that really is five years of experience is five years of experience. Uh, yeah. But and so, but I think it also it teaches you a great foundation, not just to have the five years of experience in that one first year, but it teaches you how to bring that to your game to level up for all the other years in the future as well. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. So, Red and Steve, based, based off from our conversation, uh, both both of us are a go for um, Red and Steve. Well, obviously, you're going to one, and I'm going to be applying. Um, but back to back to New Year's resolutions, um, general New Year's resolutions. You said that you're gonna you said that you're gonna get the most out of everything in your California residency or just in California in general. Um, I'm gonna say say also like a big big New Year's I guess wish list goal whatever whatever you want to call it um, that but I'm gonna try to act upon is is just whatever whenever I'm uncomfortable or something like that, I'm just going to do whatever makes me uncomfortable. And I feel like that's also where, where growth happens. And it's also important just to, just, just to stay in general. Um, so that's a general goal that I'm going to set for myself. Whenever I'm uncomfortable, just do whatever that's making me feel uncomfortable. Unless I, like, get hit by a bus or, like, something that's, like, harmful, you know? So, yeah, I, I prefer you. I prefer you not getting hit by a bus, Bob. Yeah, I, me, me too. But, but yeah. But do you want to elaborate more on uh, whatever you you plan for the next next decade? For or, the next decade. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I'm sure I'll, I'll elaborate to the extent that I know about. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of planning out kind of the spine, the backbone of my plan, but then kind of letting the extremities and other things kind of flow as they go. Um, so I'm obviously going to complete my residency this year. Um, and, you know, I actually, Bob, you helped me. Uh, you were a film cameraman number one, uh, awesome guy, for a video I made recently for applying for another job. So I'm applying for some side jobs to do at the same time as my residency. Because I'll be in the clinic for 30 hours a week uh, for working. Um, and then plus all the weekend courses and everything. That's about every other weekend throughout the residency. But I'm applying for some part-time hours in some pretty sweet clinics nearby. So... That's kind of this next year what it's looking like. Um, after that, I'll probably be staying out in California for at least another year or so. Um, I'd like to do a spine fellowship through Kaiser after I finish the, their orthopedic residency and potentially uh, movement science fellowship as well. We'll see what happens down the road. And through that, it would be great because I'll get a chance to mentor other residents who are coming up who have, you know, who I've been in their shoes fairly recently too. Um, so that's a few years down the road. I may end up getting myself back down to Texas. Um, my last clinical was absolutely fantastic. It was a manual therapy wheelhouse down there. I'm incredibly, incredibly educated, smart, and it's fun to be around clinicians. Um, they offer me a, a, if I do come back there in the future, they offer me a full ride for a manual ther- therapy fellowship. Um, and so I may end up doing that with them. And, you know, eventually I think kind of, I'll travel around for five, ten years or so, um, really hone my craft well. Probably about ten years from now, I'll find myself back up in New England somewhere, um, kind of looking to looking to settle down and set up a sweet shop, a clinic, um, 
at this point, Bob, I'm not really worried about whether I start my own practice or whether I'm involved in another high-level practice. I just really want to have an amazing practice and have a kick-ass team to be behind me with it. That's awesome. The the plan of the decade. Um, and so I but, think one, one other thing I'll add to that, too, that I think about is I think it would be awesome, kind of my ideal future self, like 10 years from now in the clinic I do settle down in is, you know, I'll be teaching uh, – teaching like one course at a physical therapy college um, and orthopedic manual therapy somewhere in there other than being in the clinic probably about 30 hours a week or so, um, seeing a handful of clients that I kind of specially treat with athletes on the side for cash base, other than kind of in the clinic time too or in different programs being a mentor for other fellows or residents along the way. You know what would be interesting? Uh, listening to this exact segment or these these last five minutes ten years from now and see how well how well um or or where you would end up because I feel like that's that's something interesting um but but big things are happening for for you Nick I I can feel it in my gut um oh boy uh well well take take some of those fiber pills or something Bob I don't want that rumbling around too much (laughs) um yeah I personally feel like it's a great place to end um now i do want to get back on the accountability train um, i would love to get back on the accountability train especially because last time we ended with you saying that hey i'm bringing a game plan this time yes so the accountability plan um moving forward so these past few weeks have been all so, so let, let me just give a little bit of a backstory well it's not backstory it's basically my schedule these past few weeks um so I wake up from six to eight. I, I teach I teach kids online like part time. Um, then I, I, thought, I thought you were gonna say it takes you two hours to wake up. I'm like, Bob, come on, man. Oh no, no. I I six to eight. I teach kids. Then I go to CrossFit. Then I go to my clinic. I manage I manage people. Do the front desk, admin work, billing, whatever. Um, and study for the boards at the same time until like eight o'clock at night. Come home, study some more, and then go to bed and do it all over again until my clinical starts. So that's where I'm at right now. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty busy. Um, but I also do want to set room or, or, or have an accountability statement with you. So I know that even with all this like busy work, I mean, it's not busy work. Well, most of it's not busy work. Um, I, I still am accountable to you for my actual goals. Um, I think what I want to do is just sit down for two hours and just write something for my business plan. That is very vague, but I want to, yeah, I'll do your thoughts before I say anything else. I like it, Bob. Um, cause I think it's good because it's, it's something you can start and stop. Just let the creative juices flow in and, you know, literally just hit the timer button and kind of, keep writing, keep writing, and it doesn't mean you have to do two hours in one sitting necessarily if you don't want to, um, but I think that's a good plan, like you said, especially with all your scheduled things, and sometimes when we set new goals, whether you've been doing this for a long time, kind of like you have, or whether you're just starting, and you want to get traction again, it's totally okay, and even recommended to set things that are, you know, somewhat arbitrary, that have a lot of flexibility, but also have a a degree of accountability. Your two-hour mark is, okay, I'm spending a total of two hours where next time we meet on the podcast working on this thing, and I think that's great. Yeah, for for me to actually make sure that I have 
a two-hour mark, I'm going to just keep track of my entire time that I actually do it. Like, actually set time points before I get, like, distracted or whatever. Yep. Um, so, so that's the plan. And then whatever, I, I forgot how much the check, it's, it's probably somewhere in New York. Um, I don't know if, if you carried it or not, but somewhere there for whatever amount that I forgot. Um, yep, I, th- I think it's either three or 500, and I've got it in my safe out with me, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's still on the line. So that's that's happening. <laughs> you there we go. Let, and Bob, Bob, like I said, never let me cash that check, brother. Yeah, thank you. We, it, it happened, I think, I think a few times, um, one or two times, but but not again. Not that's again. I love that's it. Not again. Do you want to uh, do anything for before the next podcast, or if not, it's okay? So, uh, well, let me tell you uh, a hint about my schedule coming up. So I got how we talked about me applying for these other jobs. I got a little bit overzealous with uh, the process because it was kind of fun. So I reached out to a total of 11 different clinics for uh, reaching out to places. And it was fun because it's like no pressure. Like if I get a job, sweet. If not, hey, I was okay anyway too. So yep. I, I've heard back from all, all of them. Um, two of them got back. And first of all, I didn't even look if like they were offering like if they had openings or not. It was just, hey, let me cold call them. Let me see what's happening. Let's see what's going on. Two of them got back and he said no, they didn't have an opportunity or anything. I've heard I've had phone um, interviews or conversations or meetings with other nine of them, and I have eight interviews coming up this next week. Wow! So are, for, have you gone for, to any, like? Are you planning on going to any of them? Like physically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm going to eight inter- physical interviews next week. Oh, okay, eight physical interviews. Wow, that's great. Yep. So that's kind of what I'll be focusing on for myself a bit, and. That's just kind of good advice I want to leave for people out there. That obviously depends what kind of field you're in and stuff, but don't always wait for that formal process to occur. Don't always wait for a job posting to be out there. Don't be afraid to reach out. And honestly, the worst they're going to tell you is they either won't get back to you or they'll say no. That's totally fine, but I think it's awesome to keep the options wide open and uh, treat every opportunity with diligence that way. That's awesome. I love it, Nick. That's That was a great episode. Happy New Year's once again. Happy New Year's to you. Happy New Year's to everybody. Um, And I'll see you next time. Happy New Year's. Let's celebrate and let's celebrate with victory and success in our lives. Perfect.